Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. And by Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Inflation is going through the roof. Graham Ledger owns gold and silver, and you should consider it too. Go to bh-pm.com, bh-pm.com, or call 866-3-GOLD-25, 866-3-GOLD-25 for Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Thank you. All right, Mr. News. Hit Next on the Ledger Report, an illegitimate president causing catastrophic results. We must have a constitutional remedy as soon as possible. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. Horrifying pictures, in fact, emerging from Kabul. And let's take you straight to those pictures of what appears to be people falling off aircraft. And, of course, there's a crush. Uh, the tarmac, as you can see in your screens, right now, people, in fact, trying to escape Afghanistan, trying to, in fact, board that flight in a dangerous way. These are hundreds of Afghanistan. Uh, Afghans, in fact, that can who can be seen running towards a plane on the runway, trying to catch hold of the wheels of the C-17 plane, desperate to leave the country somehow. The U.S. Air Force then uses Apaches to clear the runway. The choppers can be seen flying low and chasing away people. But this just speaks volumes of what the people in Afghanistan are really going through. It's a desperate bid by the people to leave the war-torn country, to escape the Taliban that has taken complete uh, control of Afghanistan right now. Horrifying pictures doing the rounds, in fact, of uh, from Kabul airport, just reflective of the desperation of the people there in Afghanistan. We have the plane finally taking off. The people who held onto the wheels can be seen falling off the plane and to deaths. So far, 
several people have died in the Kabul airport after firing was reported amid this unbelievable, unimaginable chaos at the tarmac. Locals are doing all that they can to escape from Afghanistan, to leave Afghanistan. These are pictures, in fact, of Afghan nationals trying to leave Afghanistan dangerously, trying to hold on to the wheels of the C-17 aircraft that you can see on your screens right now. It's a desperate bid by the people. What we're also hearing is that to control the situation, there was, in fact, firing at the tarmac. Several people have died because of a, of a dangerous bid there to hold on to the to the aircraft and try and flee. The Humvee that the Taliban are now riding, uh, they belong to the Americans. So in that case, do the Taliban become thieves? Uh, having said that, what is important is that it's an interpretation of uh, uh, Islam that Taliban practices, under which uh, uh, thievery, for example, is seen as a very uh, uh, very serious crime for which they cut the hands. Uh, now, if they start with these kind of pictures where if the 80 people have to suffer that uh, uh, that kind of uh, criminal law, and th then obviously Taliban have not changed. Uh, so what Sheikh Rashid was saying, uh, 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 that the Pakistani interior minister about the new, right. Afghan, new Taliban, that does not hold, uh, uh, and, and, and this is just perhaps the beginning of that. Uh, complete desperation. You saw those people, uh, you know, clinging on to the flanks of the aircraft as it took off. Uh, you know, this is a huge monster of a, a C-17 of the U.S. Air Force that was evacuating U.S. citizens and others. Uh, and uh, because the walls of the airport were breached, you had these huge numbers, hundreds, possibly thousands of persons who've been camping inside the airport overnight in Kabul, uh, you know, who invaded the tarmac. This is supposed to be a secure area. But the complete disintegration of law and order and security in the capital of Afghanistan has meant people were crowding around that aircraft. It was extremely dangerous for them, extremely dangerous for the aircraft as well. And as we saw in these very distressing images, some of those persons actually managed to grab onto this aircraft, perhaps. Uh, and there are images a little later, even more disturbingly, uh, you know, of people falling off from the aircraft. Stop tape. It takes India today, not our mainstream media, and that includes Fox News, by the way. I don't know what's going on with these. What happened to journalism? What happened to the need to know? What happened to taking a risk? I, when I was a cub reporter and a cub anchor, I took stupid risk. I'm lucky to be here today kind of risk. I wasn't in a war-torn country, but I took risk on behalf of journalism. Where in the hell are the report? Where in the hell are the American reporters here? We got India today there. The guy's on the ground, clearly. He's on the ground somewhere there in Kabul and in, in Afghanistan. Frankly, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near there because I'm not a young cub reporter anymore. But there are people in the United States, are there not, who still want to go and get the news and find out what the hell's going on on behalf of the American people, on the behalf of truth, on behalf of justice, on behalf of the United States Constitution, this crazy thing we call the First Amendment. This is the greatest military blunder in the history of the United States. I'll say it again. I said it on social media. I'll say it again. This is the greatest singular military blunder in the history of the United States military as led, and it's not the military's fault, who's the commander-in-chief so-called. And I'm going to use the term so-called every time 
I'm going to try and remember we mentioned the name Joe Biden. I refuse to call him President Biden, so you've never heard me say that. The term president and the term Biden together, I call him Joe Biden because that's what he is. In my mind, he's a 100% illegitimate president. And an illegitimate president is producing catastrophic results. And it's not just because Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. It's not just because he's not qualified for the job. Clearly, he's not up for the job. But remember, he's just the face. He is a quintessential Manchurian candidate who is now a Manchurian so-called commander-in-chief. And look at the results. Look at the results. Those people, people ask, in the, they're looking at that video of these all men trying to hang on to the plane. And God bless those poor souls who hung on to the plane long enough to get about a thousand feet in the air and they couldn't hold on any longer. I don't know exactly what they're thinking, but it's a tragic scene. It's worse. This isn't even close to Saigon. Saigon was a walk in the daisies compared to this. But there are some parallels. In Saigon, yes, the, the Vietnamese who were helping the Americans suddenly had the rug pulled out from under them. Sound similar? Sound familiar? And that's why the desperation. They wanted to get the hell out of Vietnam because they knew the Viet Cong was going to come in there, hunt them down, and kill them. Same thing here, only in spades. And clearly, this is predictable. Joe Biden was vice president under Barack Obama when Obama pulled the troops out of Iraq. What happened? We know what happened. We know in the continuum of history, not just the United States history, but world history. When you create a vacuum, something, someone, some entity fills the vacuum. So what we saw in Iraq was the cutthroat of Islamic State. And then they were able to build forces and strengthen enough to head to the West and into Syria and expand and, and murder more people. Now, it's interesting in Afghanistan, right now, the Taliban, they know there are cameras all over the place. Don't worry, that won't last very long. They know there are cameras all over the place. Those cameras will be kicked out. There'll be a, there'll be a news blackout. They'll run this now new Islamic cutthroat state just in a similar fashion that Iran does, only worse. And But the public image they're trying to display is, oh, you know, reason, we're coming in here, we're just, you know, sitting there in these robes that they wear that are disgusting looking. And they say, oh, we're here to take over and we're just taking over. We're just taking over the presidential palace. This is just a a transfer of authority. And it's amazing how the mainstream media in the United States, some of the mainstream media is saying, oh, evacuation of the U.S. Embassy is complete. <laughs> Are you seeing an orderly evacuation of anything? There might be Americans on that C-17. There might not be. There might be a mixture. But we know, unfortunately, and this is chilling. I don't know. I don't have any updates on this, but there are reports right there in Breitbart, and I'll put them in the show notes, uh, about Americans stuck in Kabul, in Afghanistan, behind the Taliban checkpoints. Taliban was ready for this. They have checkpoints set up, ladies and gentlemen, already in the capital city. 
They have checkpoints set up. <laughs> they weren't ready for this? Oh, hell yes, they were ready for it. Now, so, so these Americans are caught behind enemy lines now. Now what are they, we going to do about that? Huh? The airport, you heard, India reporting the airport has been breached. Now, our 5,000, 8,000 troops that are there are supposedly protecting the airport, but it's been breached. You know, how do you, how do you effectively secure the perimeter of an airport? It's, it's not an easy thing to do because an airport is a large chunk of land. There's a wall around it, okay, but you know, walls can be breached, and that's apparently what has happened. So if the civilians have breached, and I don't know whether they're civilians, it could be Taliban for all I know. We have reports of Taliban being shot. You know, all this is, it's in, important to look at the big picture here. You have a men, enemy, uh, Americans trapped behind enemy lines. You have these desperate Afghans trying to get out of the country. Why are they so desperate? Because they are the ones who were sympathetic to the United States. They are the ones who helped the United States. They are the ones that helped the Afghan government. And the Taliban is taking names. They now have access to all the computers and all the files. And so they know who the sympathetic, pro-more liberty, anti-Taliban, if you will, are in their country. And the Taliban is going to hunt them down and execute them. That's what's going to happen. And so that's why these people were so desperate to get on that C-17 and risk their lives, and some died in the process. The death toll is only going to rise here, ladies and gentlemen. CNN and large elements of the mainstream media, they're going to ignore this. They're going to begin to ignore it. Joe Biden's going to talk to the United States, give it an address, because he has to now. And that's going to be the end of the story, and they're going to try and shift the narrative. That is the media. And, and the Democrat Party. They're going to try and shift the narrative. It's so important for these other sources like India. You would think some sources in the United States might send somebody there so we can see what the hell's going on, so we can find out about those trapped Americans. But the big picture here is what's important. Joe Biden is not only not up to the task, but the important thing to remember here is that Susan Rice is, and Barack Obama is, and these are the people who are pulling the levers behind the curtain. And this is no joke. This is no fantasy. This is no tinfoil on the windows. This is what's going on. Joe Biden is not capable of making these kinds of decisions. Joe Biden, through his surrogates, said, get those, get those members of the U.S. Embassy, get the U.S. troops out, period. Didn't have a plan. Didn't execute Trump's plan. He just wanted them out. And so when and then he 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 warned us that he was doing that. He advertised. Think back to World War II. Did FDR say, hey, you know what, Iwo Jima, we're gonna invade you? Huh? What kind of a moron commander in chief telegraphs his moves? So he tells the world we're gonna pull everybody out on a certain day or in a certain week. And what does the Taliban do? Oh, okay, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready to fill the, the void. This is absolutely catastrophically moronic, but it's but it's also borderline insanity. Yet this is the reality that the United States has to deal with. This is the reality that I have to deal with. This is the reality that you have to deal with. Joe Biden is beyond incompetent. He's irrational. He shows fits of rage. He's showing early signs or maybe middle signs of dementia. 
But again, it's not Joe Biden that's the problem here. It's the people behind Joe Biden. Kamala Harris is not calling the shots. She's not capable of calling the shots, but Susan Rice is. Make no mistake, Susan Rice is capable of calling the shots. His so-called advisor and his other advisors who are hardcore Marxist radicals. And so we have a problem. We have a problem on the international stage, but we have a problem at home. How many of these Taliban fighters that now have a state, he has, Joe Biden has now allowed a terrorist state to form right in the vicinity of other terrorist states. And they're going to form a union. And China's going to be all over Afghanistan. And one of the reasons is China wants to be all over Afghanistan is not only because it's the it would be a big black eye and embarrassment to the United States, but also because Afghanistan, from what I understand, has rare earth men, minerals, and China wants the rare earth minerals. And why not? We would be smart if we said, hey, you know, for sending all our troops over there and having them die and spending $2 trillion in Afghanistan, maybe we should take some of those rare earth minerals. Don't you think that would be worth it? Nothing could replace our guys who were killed there. I'm one of these believers. Where is George Bush, by the way? Where is George W. Bush in all this? He's hiding in Texas somewhere? I'm one of those who believes there never should have been a boot on the ground in that hell hole. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it was 100% wrong. If you want to napalm the hell out of parts of Afghanistan and the Taliban, and you want to drop these bunker-busting bombs and what have you, anything short of nukes, maybe even tactical nukes, go ahead, level the mountains. That's what you should have done. Send our guys in that hellhole. No concept of history. No concept of how other nations over the years, including the Soviet Union, tried to get in there and were defeated because there wasn't the will. But there is the will of the terrorists. And they talk about the will of the Afghan military. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We can go in there and train all we want. You're not going to change the fact that they know that the Taliban is sitting right outside their door, just waiting. Just waiting. What would you do? Okay, yeah, we would fight to the death. But we have a different lineage, don't we, than they do. And remember, they're fused together with Islam. And Islam is a radical ideology. And the Taliban preaches and teaches and executes the most radical of the radical form, but they're all Islam. They're all under Alu Akbar. I don't know if you heard in one of these videos of the plane that C-17 taking off and the guy's watching the guy fall from the plane to his death. He's saying, Alu Akbar, Alu Akbar, Alu Akbar. Now, this is a guy who's on the tarmac trying to get out. Alu Akbar. We have a wide open border, ladies and gentlemen. How many of the Taliban, how many of these so-called refugees from Afghanistan are going to end up at our southern border? Hmm? We have a crisis. It's beyond a crisis at our southern border. We have a crisis in Washington, D.C. If you have an administration, Team Biden, that is refusing to enforce our laws, is refusing to enforce what the Constitution delineates under Article 2, Section 8, 
The Congress passes the laws regarding immigration, and it's up to the administration, the president, to execute them, but they're not doing it. So we have a dereliction of duty. We have incompetence on the international stage, and at home, we have a dereliction of duty. We are being invaded at our southern border. And we're being invaded. People are just realizing, oh, they're coming in with the COVID. Ladies and gentlemen, illegals bring with them all kinds of diseases that have been eradicated in this country, including crazy ones like leprosy. We don't know what they're bringing in. Why? Because they're illegals. When you come in in an orderly fashion, the way you're supposed to, under Article 2, Section 8 of the Constitution, naturalization laws passed by Congress, you come in in an orderly fashion, you get a health check. You find out if you have TB or not. TB was wiped out in the United States 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. Well, all of a sudden, there's a TB issue in the country. Why? How could a disease that was effectively wiped out suddenly make a comeback? There's only one way. It doesn't manifest itself out of the thin blue air. It's because of illegals coming into this country. And so what other diseases are they bringing? Oh, they're bringing COVID. People are just realizing they're bringing COVID. Of course they're bringing COVID. 40% of all the illegals coming across the border have COVID. And these local border towns, McCallum, are being overrun. And they cannot handle it. Their hospitals cannot handle it. Their streets can't handle it. Their welfare system can't handle it. Joe Biden is derelict of duty as acting president, illegitimate president of the United States. He is derelict of duty. And now we have the economy, the, the economic situation. I don't know what kind of happy pills Wall Street is taking, but they're clearly not connecting the dots. There is a disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. And consumer confidence is plummeting in this country. And why not? Inflation is rising. So you have consumer confidence plummeting, inflation rising. What's Joe Biden doing? He's signing more trillion, 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 trillion dollar bills. Spending trillions and trillions of dollars that we do not have. An economic calamity is on the horizon. It's just a matter of when. Why? Why do I say that, Mr. Gloom and Doom? I'm not Mr. Gloom and Doom. I know that the laws of economics trump the laws of politics every time. So, so we look at our horizon right now. You have an international debacle unfolding that could come back to haunt us anytime, where the Taliban maybe resurrects Al-Qaeda and they work together, maybe with Iran, and who knows what kind of mayhem they can do against Israel and eventually against the United States. Do you think it's over? Do you think we won the war on terror? you got to be out of your mind. This is a, what, 13, 1400-year war they're fighting. The Crusades was the first folly, right? The Catholic Church was the only entity on the planet that had the wherewithal, the resources, the power, the money to beat back Islam that was trying to take over the world. That's what the Crusades were about, boys and girls. In case you weren't taught that in school, I know what you were taught. It was the Catholic Church spreading Christianity. No. <laughs> it was the Catholic Church, the only entity on the planet on the time with the resources to try and beat back Islam. And so here we are today, history repeating itself. We saw what happened in Saigon, happening worse in Afghanistan, history repeating itself. We saw what happened in Iraq, the void filled by the Islamic State. Now we have what's happening in Afghanistan, 
History repeating itself. History always repeats itself. So what do we do? Well, we have some remedies at our disposal. Per the Constitution, we have impeachment. Impeachment is not going to happen, ladies. I know there are people out there who are saying, hey, Joe Biden needs to impeach. That's hyperbole. I mean, it, 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 we know the dynamic. He's not going to be impeached. Nancy Pelosi would never let that happen, okay? Now, if the Republicans take over in, in 2022, I don't even have faith in them. They might go through the motions, but they're going to figure a way to, to stop it and, or, or, or it's going to be a debacle, as it always is. They're going to figure out a way to screw it up. Impeachment, ladies and gentlemen, is nice to say, but really has no teeth in this dynamic that we're in right now with the swamp. What about the 25th Amendment? Same thing. Do you think that Susan Rice, who's calling the shots anyway, is going to sign off on the 25th Amendment? The 25th Amendment actually has a higher threshold when it gets to the congressional role than the impeachment does. And again, I could sit here and I could tell you, yeah, we need to impeach Biden. Yeah, we need to trigger the 25th Amendment. But neither, neither is feasible at this moment. What is feasible? Well, something that's happening in Arizona, you may have heard about, it's called the Arizona Audit. And this is our shot. This is our constitutional shot at possibly bringing a remedy to this catastrophe that is Team Joe Biden. Because what happens in Arizona does not stay in Arizona. Joining me now is Arizona State Senator Kelly Townsend. Uh, Senator, are you optimistic that we'll get some sort of answer, uh, given the dynamics of, of what you're trying to do and the roadblocks that are being put up based on what you're seeing? Is there some optimism? Is there a reason the American people should be optimistic that we're going to get some sort of constitutionally based answers here? I think so. I think what we have right now already shows us that there are problems with this election and that we have seen some malfeasance already, laws that were broken that they themselves asked to be put in. And so we already know the preliminary report that they gave us uh, a few weeks ago. And now we have uh, the, pre the preliminary final report is going to be produced here very soon. And then there, the Senate will be going over that for a final final um, shortly thereafter. So the question is, what will the courts say about this? Because we have some, some county recorders who just refuse to comply with the subpoena, refuse to cooperate. And so there's some things that we still don't have yet. And, and then furthermore, the audit should have happened there in Maricopa County at the building. We shouldn't have had to have moved those ballots. So my question is, what is going to be admissible in court? Hopefully, when this comes back, that the items that we have will be admissible. Nevertheless, I think the most important thing going forward is we in Arizona were the first ones to do this. So we've learned along the way what worked, what didn't work, what we needed, what we didn't need. And so whether or not we have anything admissible in court or not, the next states to do this, who have a lot more uh, you know, electoral votes and that type of thing, and a lot more appearance of fraud, 
they will be able to avoid the mistakes we made here in Arizona. So this isn't the, I mean, this isn't the end all here in Arizona. So if it doesn't go exactly how we wanted, at least we're paving the way. But I do have hope. And I do think that we are going to learn quite a bit as to what happened. But will we learn everything? No, because we have one senator who is blocking our, uh, our ability to hold these guys accountable and to bring in the information that we need. That's Senator Paul Boyer. And he has, has really dug in inexplicably as to why he is allowing this, uh, how do you say, obfuscation, I can't even say it, you know, of these county supervisors just completely thumbing their nose at the Arizona Senate and not giving us the splunk locks, not giving us the routers and the, uh, you know, the things that we need, the envelopes with the signatures. So um, we, I don't think we'll have a complete audit, but we will have plenty that we've seen already to show that there was malfeasance happening in the yeah. 2020 general election. So it's a matter of how, how deep and how uh, broad uh, it is. And, and remember, per the Constitution, the courts have nothing to do with this. In the end, the decision to potentially decertify the 11 electoral votes uh, is 11, correct, out of Arizona? Yes. And um, yeah, in the end, it's up to the legislature. That's you. Well, and I guess we, we're thinking on different wavelengths. I want indictments. I want people I, going I to jail. So you're right about that. I don't disagree. What I am, no, no, the, the people behind <laughs> the malfeasance need to go to jail. Absolutely. Yes. The people who are obfuscating need to be held accountable as well. I suggested to Senator Borelli um, that you arrest him. And he, he gave me the reason why, you know, you tried to do that, et cetera. I don't know. I think there's other ways. There are multiple ways to, to peel an onion, and I would pursue that. I also suggested to Senator Borelli that you claim eminent domain over the documents in uh, Dominion, because Dominion and, and its companies, satellite companies, won't cooperate with you. I believe you have a case for eminent domain. Be that as it may, um, do you believe in your heart? And this is the heart of the question that I know people are afraid to ask and afraid to answer, but I'm going to bring it up. And if you don't want to answer it, I completely understand. But do you believe that there's going to be enough election malfeasance from what you have seen to potentially swing that 11,000 vote difference ostensibly that there was in Arizona on election night? Absolutely. Absolutely. But without a doubt. I mean, we we haven't even really talked about the federal only voters. Federal only voters are people who cannot prove that they are a citizen, that they even exist. They don't have a birth certificate. They don't have a social security number. They're not in the MVD system. They, the only thing they can provide is a bank statement, which can be easily, um, you know, you can do that on your computer with Photoshop. You can come up with a bank statement. So that's not proof that you're eligible to vote. But yet we went from 1,100 people registered to vote like that in Arizona in 2017, I think it was, to now 36,000 of them in Arizona at the time of the general election. Wow. And I believe it was 11,000 plus actually cast ballots um, without being able to prove who they were. So that in and of itself needs to be audited. And we need to make sure that these people weren't fake names, um, people here illegally, Oh, people um, voting twice, you know, so there's students that live back east and that they happen to be going to ASU. And so they're casting a ballot here and at home. These are the things that need to be looked at. And we haven't even looked at that. And then we heard that thousands of ballots um, that were adjudicated, meaning somebody may have crossed out Trump 
and put in Biden, or there was a Sharpie that bled through, or whatever reason that didn't go through the counting machine, got recounted by a team of people um, that, by the way, there were no Republican observers for the first two days in Arizona looking in Maricopa County at the adjudication process. So you have, uh, according to the preliminary report, thousands of adjudicated ballots that don't have matching serial numbers that were required that Maricopa County asked for to be put into the law that you had to put a matching um, serial number on each ballot, the new one and the old one, thousands without that. And so you could have one ballot multiplied, you know, like multi scanned over and over and over and used. And I'm not saying that happened, but now the confidence that it didn't happen is gone. So we have lots to go off of. And, and when this gets settled, I think that there may very well be discussion on what to do about the election. I think the adjudicated ballots themselves without the serial numbers is enough to decertify because you can't guarantee that this was done accurately. Right. And I'd like to know how many quote thousands, they said thousands of them were like that. Well, how many thousands are we talking? So that's just one of several issues that we've seen and heard about. And people and, ask uh, the, re the remedy, Senator, and the remedy would be a, a new election, would it not? Right, it absolutely. Affected, it affected all down ballot as well. This happened on a small level in what's called precinct committee men here back in the day, I think it was 2010 or 2012. And there was a little bit of cheating going on and breaking of the rules. And we had to repeat that election because it wasn't done right. You couldn't show that it was done correctly. So we had to redo it. And it, it, it was upsetting to several, but we did it and we did it correctly. And lo and behold, the other guy won just by a couple of votes, but it's kind of that on a grand scale. Now, if you can't, prove that this election was done accurately, you need to redo it. You need to decertify it and start over. It's not unprecedented in American history. It's not unprecedented in Arizona history. So again, the American people deserve no truth. Speaking of the American people, when do you think this will be made public for the American people to digest it? So I am being told it's going to be the preliminary report that comes to the Senate is should be ready within the week. And of course that could change um, based on what's going on over there. And then I think it could take uh, a few weeks to go, for us to go through and comb through and make sure everything that we've received is accurate, can be proved that that's really what happened because we didn't have the, the supervisors or the county recorder answering any questions. They just said, yeah, we'll see you in court, figure it out. Right. And that was just so unprofessional. And, and so we're gonna have to go through it and make sure that what the auditors found truly is a problem. And, and then we go from there. So we, we didn't want to rush this. We want to make sure this is done correctly, that it can be counted on by the American people when they see the report, that this wasn't political, that this really is uh, Arizona trying to restore confidence in our election systems. Because in the last four years, it's just been destroyed by this county recorder, Adrian Fontes, just yeah, completely and destroyed. It, and in other states, it's been destroyed for many, many years uh, beyond these last uh, four years. Well, you know, the American people deserve to know the truth. The people of Arizona deserve to know the truth. Uh, we see what's going on in the international stage with uh, in Afghanistan right now. Um, the uh, we see what's going on that, you know, you feel the heat from what's going on in our southern border. It's an absolute calamity. It's an attack on our sovereignty. And the American people deserve to know uh, whether the person who's currently occupying the White House really deserves to be there from an electoral perspective or not. Uh, Senator Townsend, thank you and keep up the great work. And if You're people have more information, I know Twitter accounts have been deleted. Where's the, what's the best resource for people to keep up with, with what you're doing? 
Well, right now I am on Telegram. So if you go to Telegram, you just look for Senator Kelly Townsend. And then I'm also on Twitter, you know, so far so good. I, I did remove my account there for a while, but the senators here, you know, they're being active that way. So I decided well, I'll come back and I'll stick strictly to what's going on uh, politically. And so you'll see me there in both places. And then once in a while I'm on Facebook, but rarely because, you know, it's Facebook. So Telegram is a, rate, a great resource. I'm on there. I don't have a hell of a lot of followers. We need more followers. Telegram allows you to speak freely. Also, I would recommend establishing an account, uh, Senator, on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. This was, okay. uh, It's a mirror image, if you will, of Twitter, but it, it doesn't come with all the unconstitutional attacks on free speech, and it's growing in size, okay. uh, and, it's, and it's, it's very malleable. It's a, it's a very uh, good resource that I think is going to give Twitter a run for it, its money. So, Senator, please keep us informed and we'll, we'll check out your, uh, your site on, on, uh, on Telegram and otherwise. Thank you very much, Senator. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. God bless. So this is our constitutional remedy. It's not impeachment. I wish it was. Yes, Joe Biden should be impeached. But again, it's just not politically feasible at this moment in time. The 25th Amendment. Yeah, Joe Biden. <laughs> If ever there was a, a reason for the 25th Amendment, it's Joe Biden. He clearly has something mechanically in his brain and physically wrong. But they don't care. Susan Rice doesn't care. The Democrat leadership doesn't care because he's just a figurehead. So what is the remedy? Well, the remedy is what they are doing in Arizona. What hopefully is happening in Georgia and a little bit of a different route. What may be happening eventually in Pennsylvania. This is a process. It's not going to happen this summer. I pray to God it happens. I pray to God that all of these states audit what happened in the 2020 election. I pray to God the Democrat states do, the, the blue states. I'd really like to know what the hell is going on in California officially. I do know that for the recall election, there's 20 million registered voters in California. They're going to mail out 22 or 23 million ballots. Nobody cares in California. I care. You care. And we need to care how the election results. It's not a matter whether there was election fraud. We know there was election fraud. In all 50 states, probably. It's just to what degree. Although, from the analysis I've seen, that places like Iowa, there was virtually no election fraud. So you really can't make that blanket statement. The corrupt states are corrupt, and we need to know exactly how deeply corrupt they are. And clearly, Arizona's got an element of corruption, and we need to know how deep it runs. We need to know how deep it runs in Georgia. We need to know how deep it runs in Pennsylvania and in Michigan and Wisconsin. Those are the key states that are in play. That, ladies and gentlemen, is our constitutional remedy for an illegitimate president who is causing catastrophic results. We must have this, it's imperative that we have this constitutional remedy to this existential threat to our liberty and our freedom in this country. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.